0: Welcome to the Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Podcast, your source for all things Catholic in the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. So I actually caught Bishop Connor on the way in and uh, I said, you know, I hope my ability to speak to children and kids carries over to speaking to adults. And he said, they're just bigger adults so or bigger kids. So, you know, it works out. We'll see how this goes. But uh, as Derek said, I grew up in Pryor attending uh, St. Mark's. Parish up there. Who here knows where Prior or St. Mark is? Of course, you do. Yeah, that works. Uh, my mom grew up going there due to the efforts of my great grandma, uh, taking my mom to mass there every single Sunday. And thanks to my great grandma's efforts, uh, I became Catholic as well. And my mom, I, and my dad are the only Catholics on our side of the family. Uh, thanks to the you know community at St. Mark's and. We were so heavily involved there that my parents were actually my youth ministers, hilariously enough. Uh, My parents were my youth ministers alongside their full-time jobs as a nurse and social worker. Um, So they would go to work in Tulsa and then they'd come back on Wednesdays and in the evenings they would do a full youth group event and they would take us to National Catholic Youth Conference, Catholic Heart Work Camp and whatnot. And, um, you know, they didn't have the formal theological education or training. They didn't have a missionary background to draw upon, to utilize for youth ministry, Um, all they had was just an intense zeal and desire to give their kids and the other kids in the parish a experience with Christ in a uniquely Catholic way that the other, you know, Protestant churches around um, could not quite give us. Um, And due to that, we we spent a significant amount of time at St. Mark to the point that there are pictures of me in my teenage years, literally asleep underneath the tables um, because my mom had just one more thing to do and then we could go home. Um, And, you know, I I loved my youth group and my parish community at St. Mark and Pryor. Um, But, you know, despite that, teenage angst and anxiety and everything sunk in. And I mean, to question, you know, is God real? Does he love me? Uh, Or, you know, the, the classics, right? What is what is my purpose? Why am I here? And... I began to doubt God, but I never doubted my church's love for me due to the community that I had at St. Mark and due to the efforts of my parents as the youth ministers and the other volunteers there. And so this continued on until my senior year. You know, I was still anchored at St. Mark and the youth group there. Um, Then my senior year, we went to Jinx, go Trojans, um, where I graduated from. But whenever we moved here, uh, we never got plugged into another parish community, right? So I never, I didn't have that. Anchor anymore to you know hold me to a good moral life or a at least a loving life in a way that kind of pursues like the true the beauty the truth beauty and goodness right so I just started to kind of wander in search of things that would make me happy that would make me feel like I had purpose um, and you know pursued all the things that the world says that you need to pursue in order to achieve happiness to achieve fulfillment. You know, all the classics of like uh, pleasure, honor, power, money. You know, the thorough, like sex, drugs, rock and roll, the dream of so many teenagers, sadly. And this continued on until I went to OSU in 2016. And my mom, whenever we're moving into my apartment, you know, she still really wants me to go back to church because I was so involved, right? And um, she said, hey, they they have a student center here. You should go. And I said... Absolutely not that stupid. And, um, and she said, I made you and you're going to go one time. And I said, fine. Um, and so I went to mass uh, one Sunday morning, the earliest mass I could think of because I'm going to go in through the back door. I'm not going to talk to anybody. And then after mass, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my mom I went. I'm not going back. And sure enough, I go through the back door and there's a focus missionary there named Colin, uh, who second I walked through the door, he's like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? And I'm like, crap. Um, And honestly, like, uh, that was the moment that really changed the course of my life, right? Um, Before going to St. John and before meeting Colin and getting reintroduced into the the faith, like, my dream, uh, surprisingly enough, this might shock some of you, was to uh, get covered from the neck down to the tips of my fingers and toes in tattoos, become a... Uh, the front man of a death metal band and tour the world playing death metal. Um, that was my jam. I still go to the gym and sometimes we'll play some of that Christian heavy metal. But, you know, because I don't know if you guys ever tried to deadlift to Oceans by Hillsong, but it's not very easy. Um, so, but that, that truly changed the trajectory of my life. Because um, Colin's approach to ministry and relationship uh, was completely something completely different that I'd never encountered before, right? Um, sorry, it always kind of gets me emotional. Um, it was an inv- invitation into a relationship, and he didn't just preach at me. He actually never even said anything to me about uh, church teaching or anything until I asked. And that was after months, like a full semester of coming to St. John's events, coming to Bible studies, going and playing FIFA, going out to the lake, um, and just like witnessing his joy and willingness to share his faith um, in in a way that I'd never experienced at St. Mark. Um, Again, not to, my parents did great, the volunteers did great, but this was just something different that I'd never experienced, right? And I asked him, why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? Like because at this time I'm still trying to do everything the world's telling me to do. And I'm like, I'm miserable, I'm sad. And he was, and he just exuded this joy. He didn't do anything, anything that I did, he didn't do. And he exuded the joy that I wanted. And he said, well, I'm glad you asked, let me show you. And so after that, I became as involved with focus, with focus on campus as I possibly could. I actually applied to be a focus missionary. I got turned down, um, you know, at the time I was really sad about it, but I started to think like, I still want to do this. and I. I wanna do something like Colin did for me, right? And so I asked Father Carey. I was like, I I want to do this, but I was told no. And he said, well, why do you have to have the title missionary to be a missionary? I was like, oh, okay, cool, good point. Um, And I started to think about it and I was like, all right, what are some other ways that you can like kind of do missionary work and evangelize in just like normal life? And i thought back to my parents' attempts, like, you know, they didn't have the missionary title, they didn't have the training, they didn't have this, the, that. Um, And they were still, they introduced me to God and at least to like a uh, good way of living, a good life. And I thought, oh, we can do what Focus is doing for college kids. Let's do it for high schoolers. Let's do it for middle schoolers. Catch them before they go to college, you know, help Focus X, Y, Z, you know, the whole thing. And so the second I graduated in 2020, not the most glamorous year to graduate, but I asked... Sarah Jameson, who's our uh, director of religious formation for the diocese, I emailed her and I said, Hey, is there any youth is there any youth ministry jobs available? And she said, No. And I said, Okay, cool. Thanks anyway. And um a couple months go by and I get an email that says, Hey, you asked me about a youth ministry position. One just opened up at Saint Henry in Owasso. Can you raise your hands if you know where that is, yeah? You all right, sweet. Again, not a surprise. Um, but so i Got on there and started just, you know, being the best youth minister as I possibly could, right? I was I was looking at all the kids, I was trying to engage with them. I was like, oh, that one's on the wall, I'm gonna go talk to them. And, you know, making kids uncomfortable with all these questions they don't wanna ask because it's like, I don't wanna, don't look at me, don't talk to me. Um, and I loved it. And I just engaged with them, discussing their interests like music, movies, sports, life, school, uh, their love lives or lack of, and um, just like walking with, Them in this, and then really began to witness the impact and effect that a truly well-rounded youth ministry can have—not just on kids in a parish, but on the parish itself, right? Um, Because if you think about it, like the kids involved in youth ministry are the the foundation; they are the future of the church. Like they're not kids; like those are the people who are going to be in the pews. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. They're going to be the ones doing what we're doing now. And getting them involved, getting their parents involved, getting all the different clubs and organizations around the parish involved, that is is evangelizing an entire parish. That's inviting everyone into a witness of Christian living to not only the kids, but also to everyone who comes to volunteer and spend their time with the kids as well, right? And... St. Henry was very lucky enough to have the parish community and resources to be able to fund a full-time youth minister. Um, But that's not the case for all of our parishes. Like Father Dwee mentioned, where you got Father Dwee? Somewhere, he probably dipped out. He's got another thing going on. Um, There are 78 parishes in our diocese, right? And East... How do we want to put this? There are 78 parishes in our diocese, and there are only six full-time youth ministers in the entire diocese. Right? Our diocese spans over 26,417 miles, comprised of 31 counties, 78 parishes in there. And they not all parishes have the resources like St. Henry to evangelize their youth. A lot of them are just like my parents, who you know didn't have that background, but they had the desire and they want to have their kids to have some sort of interaction or youth group or some sort of foundational learning or community to be engaged in. And that is where the youth office that I work in as coordinator of youth ministries for the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma comes in. We conduct parish visits to all those parishes that have some semblance of youth ministry in the diocese. My second week on the job, uh, I actually drove all the way down to Durant on the border of Texas uh, to meet with their youth ministry team to discuss all the things that they thought were going wrong and to sit down with them and enter into it with them and be like, okay, what are your guys' frustrations? And then we walked through it all and we came up with a game plan of like, all right, this is how you're gonna engage your youth. This is how you're gonna talk to them do this, don't do that. Like, don't pontificate at them. This doesn't need to be a, like, Christian Boys and Girls Club, but this also shouldn't be a lecture hall. It needs to be somewhere in the middle, right? Let's form that relationship and community first and then, like, expand on that. And we've been able to, like, that's what we do, is we have other events to support our youth in our youth ministers in this diocese, because, again, not all of our... Uh, Parishes have the capacity to send their youth to National Catholic Youth Conference in Indianapolis every year, or to go to Steubenville in Missouri or Texas, et cetera. Um, But they could potentially send their kids two, three hours up to Tulsa for a Discipleship Catholic Youth Conference happening on November 11th in about two weeks. You can have until November 8th to register, by the way, tell your kids. Um, As well as Junior Catholic Youth Conference is coming up on March 9th. Camp Rother for those who can't go all the way out to Uh, the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City for Camp Olag or to go all the way to the Pines Catholic Summer Camp in Georgia, they they may not be able to go there, but they may be able to come two or three hours away, still in their diocese in their backyard, um, provided by a diocese that truly wants to see them grow in relationship with Christ. And these events ensure accessibility for those youth, um, as well as kind of builds and forms and evangelizes our diocese. Um, Alongside those efforts, we also provide formation and training for those youth ministers who, again, may not have the formal theological education or background or missionary background to draw upon, but they want to learn. And so we say, okay, show up at this time and this place, and we'll tell you all you need to know about this. We're going to have... we bring in speakers such as like Dr. Tim O'Malley, who was here for a series of Eucharist, uh, talks on the Eucharist and how to be a Eucharistic people and evangelizing in that way, as well as uh, Father Joseph Truba. Where is he? Is he in here? Maybe, probably not. Um, that's all right. He's also spoken to our youth ministers on a various ways of the, the Eucharist and evangelizing in that way, ranging from um, special needs to uh, you know how do I just like talk to my kids about their prayer life? How do I lead my kids in prayer? Um, we facilitate these trainings for them so that despite lack of experience or training and education that that they may have, they can still be effective and evangelize the the people in their parishes as best as possible. Um, And I just kinda wanna like, I mentioned that we have six full-time youth ministers, but just to kind of expand on that uh, landscape to really show, uh, to put a little bit of weight and kind of gravity to it, um, we have six full-time youth ministers in six, or in par- six parishes. Uh, two full-time youth ministers that hold another role in the parish, right? Uh, we have two full-time high school campus ministers. I believe that's Cashel Hall and Bishop Kelly, if I'm not mistaken. We have six part-time youth ministers, uh, two of which I guess were my parents back in the day. I don't know if they count anymore. Um, there are 13 parishes with part-time youth ministers that also hold other roles in the parish. And then we have... 24 volunteer youth ministers that are not paid for their efforts at all. Um, And then we have 27 parishes that do not have any form of youth ministry yet. Um, That is, again, the majority of these youth ministers do not have the formal background to to do this. They don't have the resources to do this, and that is through your generous support. Um, my office is able to cover those many thousands of miles and go out to all those parishes to talk to them about the best ways to do so and to reach and provide just vital support that they need. Cause I don't know if any of you have been involved in youth ministry or with young people at all in your lives, but you can, it's a little tumultuous sometimes. Um, and again, thank you guys so much for your efforts and your support uh, for the diocese. Uh, truly without, We could not do what we do. And just thank you so much for your generosity and your time. And please pray for our youth, their parents, uh, the youth ministers and the church as a whole, because uh, they're a little stressed maybe and uh, they could probably use it. So thank you very much.